the FT. Afghanistan's two presidential candidates have agreed to share power, drawing a line under a contested election that has dragged on for almost six months. Under the UN and US brokered deal, Ashraf Ghani, former finance minister, becomes president, and Abdullah Abdullah, foreign minister, takes over the newly created position of chief executive officer. On the line with me is Mei Zhang, FT correspondent in Kabul. Mei, why were the negotiations so long and drawn out? I think. Ultimately, the reason why the negotiations were so difficult to go through is because neither party really wanted to engage in negotiations. The only thing that they really wanted was to succeed、uh, President Karzai, and at least while they were negotiating, the only position that would be available was the president. And that's sort of the reason why they were almost forced to create this prime ministerial position that previously did not exist in Afghanistan. There were allegations of electoral fraud on both sides. To what extent have these allegations been found to be true? I think at the moment it won't be possible to assess whether there was fraud, whether it was industrial scale, as Abdullah had claimed, in what parts of the country. The reason being is that the Independent Electoral Commission, who ran the full audit along with the United Nations, chose not to release the final results, not the percentage,、um, and also not which districts the votes came from. And initially, the reason why there was a need for this full audit was because Abdullah's camp had insisted that an industrial-scale fraud had taken place in favor of Ghani, and mainly that this had happened in the south and the southeast. Full proof of these industrial-scale frauds that Abdullah had claimed did not come out during the audit. However, if you look at the number of ballots that had ultimately been disqualified by the Electoral Commission, which is something that we hope we will learn in the next coming days, it's quite obvious that there was fraud on both sides. But in the meantime, they've agreed to share power. Will they share equally the power that was previously held by one man, Hamid Karzai? The political agreement, as it stands, says that Ashraf Ghani, who is the president-elect of Afghanistan, will be the commander-in-chief. The chief executive officer position, which is a newly created one, which is basically what a prime minister would do in any other country, will be headed by Abdullah or someone that he appoints. From、uh, Ashraf Ghani's side, the concern is that there isn't a clear hierarchy. We have the president, we have the CEO. But then also there are lots of vice presidential positions that still need to be filled.、Um, President Karzai will still play a significant role in Afghan politics. This is something that、um, he has been quite public about, and he hopes to retain his influence. And so the concern now is that if you want to get anything done, it's not just the president you need to go through. You'll have to appeal to the council of ministers, the CEO, the various vice presidents,、um, and other、uh, stakeholders in government. What are the chances? Of all these people being able to work together, that remains to be seen. An Ashraf Ghani supporter, who's also a member of his strategic team, voiced concerns that there's a big risk that this sort of shaky union that Ghani and Abdullah had cobbled together may fall apart. I think the first test that's going to come is the work of、uh, appointing various ministers and forming the cabinet. In Afghanistan, ministerships or governor positions are hand. It out as a kind of reward or spoil, and oftentimes these can be quite lucrative, especially if you have government positions in、um, major provincial centers like Herat, 
to the west, Kandahar to the south, and also Missouri Sharif in the north, because these are um, the provinces that have the ability to collect revenues from border crossings. And so these were the, sort of the stakes that both Ghani and Abdullah had been um, fighting over, essentially. Um, and whether or not it, it will be distributed judiciously remains to be seen, despite the fact that in the agreement, they do use the word parity to describe dividing up of a minister positions. Um, but the, the concern is that both camps interpret the word parity differently. What are the new policies that they've pledged to implement? This is an interesting question because there hasn't really been any discussions of their policies. And there are worries, actually, that the two sides haven't really been um, having any substantive discussions about exactly how they're going to be ruling the country. Until now, most of the conversations have evolved around the mechanics and the frameworks of a government instead of governance itself. Hasn't Mr. Ghani said that he's going to sign a new agreement for U.S. troops in Afghanistan? That's correct. Both Ashraf Ghani and Abdullah Abdullah had uh, expressed their willingness to sign the bilateral security agreement, which is a pact that allows for foreign troops, both coalition and American, to stay in the country beyond December 2014, which is sort of a deadline for them to withdraw. And this has been on the minds of international community for quite some time because it was supposed to be signed last year, but wasn't able to um, because Karzai had not consented to the terms of the agreement. The new president, Sashraf Ghani, is expected to take office formally next Monday. And the bilateral security agreement is expected to be signed within maybe a week at most. How has the political stalemate of the last six months affected the economy and also the political stability of Afghanistan? Things have been on hold, essentially. Because the, the election process has dragged on for nearly a year, In that uh, over that period, there hasn't really been any business activity to speak of. And that is reflected in the fact that revenue for this year for, for the government had fallen by 30%. And even when you talk to ordinary Afghans, ordinary lives are on hold. A woman here who is running a series of business ventures wanted to open up a driving school for a woman, but she had to wait um, because she couldn't get the proper permission from the government to open one up because, you know, they kept telling her, oh, you should come back when there's a new president. So it's affected every single aspect of Afghan life. What about the security situation? How has the country been coping with the winding down of the NATO-led International Security Assistance Force, ISAF? This summer, the Taliban had taken advantage of the fact that there isn't really a central command in Kabul and have launched extremely ambitious attacks all throughout the country. They've even gone so far as to challenge certain district centers. And the reason being is that the insurgents know that they don't have the ability to hold these district centers. But this, this is a kind of a show of prowess to indicate that, you know, they have the ability to take over certain strategic district centers should they wish to. And the Afghan National Security Forces, they have done a good job of ensuring that no district centers have fallen, really, this fighting season. But there are concerns about what might happen next year, because despite the fact that uh, the troops are winding down, as you say, there is still a small core of foreign advisors who are able to um, aid both access to hospitals for the injured, but also uh, by assisting in air support, without which fighting becomes very, very difficult. 
Do you think that the new government is going to be prepared to negotiate with the Taliban? The insurgents have expressed interest in the past of restarting the the talks with the new administration. And there are actually signs that Ashraf Ghani may have benefited from help from the Taliban in the south and the southeast, which is his power center. In the first round, the narrative about the Taliban was that they had been threatening voters not to go vote, saying, if you go vote, I'm going to cut off your finger. But that narrative switched during the second round, where there's been a lot of evidence that's pointed towards the Taliban actually participating in the election in a way um, by saying, you know, if you don't go and vote, we're going to cut off your finger. And uh, when you go vote, you should vote for Ashraf Ghani. And the thinking behind that may have been that the Taliban, who are largely Pashtun, may have decided that it's better to have a Pashtun president, um, Ashraf Ghani, than to have a Tajik president, um, Abdullah Abdullah, despite the fact that Abdullah's father um, is from the South. He's largely regarded as a Northern candidate and therefore had not been able to garner uh, the same kind of populist support that Ghani benefited from in the South, which is also um, the insurgent stronghold. This could potentially, I suppose, augur well for a more peaceful peaceful period if Ghani does come to an accommodation with the Taliban. Everything could go well, but also there are concerns that the thing that Ghani lacks is being a team player. And so it's been widely understood that one of his ambitions, now that he's in power, might be to bring on radical reform within the government. And this may not win him a lot of friends And the the concern, I suppose, is that without a support base, it will be very difficult to achieve long-term goals, such as reopening up talks with the Taliban, which is the process that requires diligence, but also patience, the latter, which some people fear or Ghani lacks. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.